Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sarah Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sarah Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sarah Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Coot Blackson. Coot is an inspirational speaker and transformational teacher. He speaks at countless events he organizes around the world, as well as at outside events, including AFEST, Young Presidents Organization, and Entrepreneurs Organization. He is a member of Transformational Leadership Council, which is a select group of 100 of the world's foremost authorities in the personal development industry. He's also the winner of the 2019 UC New Thought Walden Award, and he's widely considered a next generation leader in the field of personal development. His mission is simple, to awaken and inspire people across the planet to access inner freedom, live authentically and fulfill their true life's purpose. So I am super excited to welcome Coot Blackson back to the show. Welcome Coot, thanks for joining me. Good to me. be back, thanks for having me. Oh my goodness, well I'm very excited because you were a fantastic guest last time. I know you have so much wisdom in this area. So let's dive in Coot a little bit. Um, mm. Tell us a little bit about you for those people that maybe have missed the first episode that we did with you a while back and they got to go and check it out, of course, but just put us in the picture about what you do because you've done and achieved so much in your life. Yeah, I'll keep it brief, but I was born in Ghana, West Africa, father's from Ghana, mother's from Japan, grew up in London, live in the US, so I'm a citizen of the world. Uh, you know, from a very young age, I've been on this path from, from birth, really. Uh, from a very young age, I felt the, a deep sense of a calling to help people and serve people. I felt people suffering very deeply. So I started to question from a very young age, you know, what's the purpose of life and why we're here? And, uh, you know, where do we go? And what's the meaning of all of this? Is, is, is life just to wake up and make money and make babies, buy a house, go on vacation and then die? And so for me, life has always been this, this continual quest of trying to understand the nature of existence and reality. Uh, also... I grew up with a father that was considered a spiritual guru teacher, let's call him miracle man of Africa. Uh, my first memories also was literally seeing a crippled woman crawling on the floor. She picks up the sand that this man walks on, wipes it on her face and stands up. This was my father. And so blind people seeing, deaf people hearing, people standing up out, out of wheelchairs. And so I grew up in this environment of, of spirituality and possibility and, and uh, I started speaking in my father's church when I was age eight, ordained at 14, 18, left everything behind uh, on a quest to try and find myself. And I felt a calling to go into this field of personal growth and personal development. From eight to 18, I probably read seven, 800 books in the field of psychology and spirituality, just trying to understand life. And won a green card, came to the US, two suitcases, $800, and found teachers and mentors and traveled the world, you know, to India, Israel, uh, Thailand, Bali, Peru, Amazon, just trying to understand who I was. And, and from that, from my own inner transformation is when I began almost 20 years ago, uh, coaching people one-on-one -on -one and, and one person came and another person came and it just began to grow and spread around the world and 
to, to small groups, to large groups, to seminars, to writing two books, you are the one and the magic of Sumerian. So that's a nutshell of what brings me here. But really what I do is I help people transform. I help people uh, unwrap, become aware and unravel the layers of their conditioning because in so many ways we think we're free and the choices we make in life, in love, in relationship, you know, are often uh, driven by our unconscious conditioning. So I help people become aware of their conditioning, I help people unravel and clear the layers of their conditioning and patterning so that they can connect with who they truly are and live, live their authentic selves in the world. So uh, a transformational Is guide and teaching, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, this is great because I know a lot of my listeners right now are going through really tough breakups and yeah, the end of a relationship is quite often seen as a failure, especially a marriage. You know, if you've, you've, if you've had the whole wedding, you've done all that in front of family and friends, yeah, you've lived together, maybe you've you know, got a house and you've got kids, you've got a family, and then that doesn't work out as it was meant to in your eyes that can feel like a, a huge not only disappointment but also as a failure so what would your advice be to people listening who are feeling that they've really either let themselves down let their kids down and that you know things aren't great for them right now yeah i think so long as you're being authentic then you haven't let anyone down you're being true to yourself and i think in our culture today we have a very one-dimensional perspective of success and one dimensional limited perspective of failure. We think that success is attaining a goal in relationship. We think it's staying together forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever till death do us part. Even if you're miserable, even if it's not working, even if it's not aligned, to me, that's not true success in relationship. I think it's important that we just understand the context of relationship. You know, First and foremost, we're spiritual beings. We incarnate into this human experience to grow, to learn, to evolve. Every single relationship, every single person, every single circumstance is the curriculum for your soul's growth and evolution. So uh, when you meet someone, you attract someone based on the level of your consciousness in that moment. You attract someone based on the level of your conditioning. You attract someone because you and that person have certain, <clears throat> shall we say, lessons to learn, spiritually speaking, certain karma, certain things to work out. You usually attract someone that that you're drawn to in your psyche, in your emotions, in your nervous system, because there's a resonance, there's a certain pattern of resonance in your nervous system based on your conditioning and your childhood that that person often gives you the opportunity to, to, to see parts of yourself, but also resolve those, those aspects of yourself from childhood that are unhealed. So you attract someone into your life, in a relationship, in a particular moment of time, because there's lessons to learn, because you and that person are vibrating at a similar level of consciousness, at your vibrational match in that particular moment, and maybe you're moving in a similar direction at a similar pace. So if that's the case, I think it's important for us to understand the real purpose of relationship. We often think the purpose of relationship is to stay together forever. The purpose of relationship have kids. The purpose of relationship is romance and beautiful sex and flowers. That's all great. It's wonderful. But I think the real purpose of relationship, if we understand that we are souls and spiritual beings, first and foremost, is growth and evolution. We come together in relationship to grow to evolve, to learn the lessons for why we attracted that person into our reality in the first place. And if we understand that the real purpose of relationship is growth and evolution and learning, then the success of any relationship is not simply how long you stay together. The success of a relationship is the degree to which you learn the lessons 
for why you attracted that person, the degree to which you become more of your authentic nature, the degree to which you evolve, and the degree to which you grow. And if, if life is a school, relationship is one of the ultimate classrooms where you get to see yourself. And so, so long as you're growing, so long as you're evolving, so long as you learn the lesson, it's a success. That might mean you stay together with someone forever, but that sometimes might mean in relationship, you've learned the lessons that you've needed to learn with that person. You've resolved the karma you've needed to learn. You've seen what you've needed to see. And the classroom is complete. The classroom is done. And sometimes that might mean you go your separate ways because you're no longer going in a similar direction, maybe at a similar pace. And the lessons that you're learning in this particular moment are no longer, are no longer let's say, uh, resonant or compatible. And so sometimes breaking up is a sign of success. Sometimes breaking up is a sign that you're complete. But I would just say one last thing is make sure you learn the lessons. Make sure you learn the lesson because sometimes people just break up and really they're running away. They're, they break up and they're not dealing. They break up, they're thinking, well, I, I, this is too painful or this is too difficult or I'm too triggered. And they're not really looking within themselves as to why did I attract this person? What is this person showing me about myself? What is it I need to heal within myself that, that, is, that continues to get triggered? Because if we don't heal and deal with what's in ourselves, we'll break up thinking I've gotten rid of Susie or Joe or Bob or Coot or whoever, then we'll attract someone else that we think is different, we think looks different, but all of a sudden, a month, two months into it, we're like, damn, this is the same shit I'm dealing with. This is the same pattern. So all lessons are repeated until learned. You can break up with the person, you can run from a person, but you can't run from yourself. And in relationship, to me, relationship is a mirror manifestation of your consciousness. In other words, there's no relationship out there. You're in relationship with yourself in the form of, of another person. I totally agree with you. I think we do have to, to, to learn those lessons. It's really good advice. I know a lot of my listeners are coming out of toxic relationships, so abusive relationships. And it, it may be their choice to get out. It may not. But when you're talking about growing and, and evolving, sometimes that I mean, whilst, yes, we would love to do that, sometimes when you come out of those relationships, your confidence is badly dented and damaged or and your boundaries for what is acceptable behaviour have been eroded over a long period of time. Yes, what, yes. How do people get that evolution if they are feeling just lost and overwhelmed, you know, in that state after a toxic relationship? Well, first, I just, you know, I would acknowledge anyone. What I would say, sometimes the lesson in a toxic relationship is to leave. Right. Sometimes lesson in a toxic relationship, abusive situation is not to stay and go, oh, what do I need to learn here? Part of it is to leave. And once you're out of that unhealthy environment, take a moment to self-reflect. Why did I attract that person? What did they mirror to me about myself? How was that situation familiar? Was there, did I attract them because maybe there's a similar dynamic with my parents that I haven't resolved? And so once you're out of that in a more healthy space, use that time to self-reflect and, and, and do some self-inquiry and take responsibility and heal those parts of yourself. I think one of the most important things we can do is learn to love ourselves. We hear that, learn to love yourself, learn to love yourself, but truly loving one's healing is the application and applying love to those parts of yourself 
that are hurting. And if you've been in a toxic relationship, an abusive relationship, an unhealthy relationship, on some level, it's usually because either you grew up that way and so you're used to that and that's what you unconsciously feel love might feel like, or there's some part of us that doesn't feel valuable or lovable or worthy. And so as a result, we unconsciously uh, settle for less than we deserve and we we make excuses, we settle because we don't feel truly deserving of something more. And so those those relationships that are unhealthy or toxic or abusive in some way or disrespectful, dishonoring, showing us those parts of ourselves that we are honoring, those parts of ourselves that feel unlovable. And so I think it's, it's good that we acknowledge that, we are honest about that, and, and just to even be able to say, wait a second, it's not about the other person. I'm the one that I don't feel lovable. I don't feel deserving. I don't feel worthy. I don't feel the self-esteem. And those parts of ourselves really show us the parts of ourselves that need the most attention, the parts of ourselves that need, need the most loving, the inner child inside that needs to be held and nurtured and honored. And so spend time with yourself, spend time with your body, with your being, with your heart, with your inner child, with that young part of you, nurturing and loving and affirming and being kind and, and giving yourself the things that you didn't get. But I think relationships are often sometimes a harsh mirror. They're a reality check, a harsh mirror showing us where are we at? Where, where am I at in terms of my own relationship with myself? So self-loving is key. So uh, I would say spend time being in relationship with yourself and finding ways to bring loving and compassion by healing that inner child, loving, honoring, kindness. And such good advice. I mean, self-care and looking after yourself after you come out of a toxic relationship is, is super important. I totally agree. A lot of the things I hear from my clients and from my listeners on the podcast is trust can be a real challenge having come out of a relationship. Maybe we've been betrayed. Maybe it wasn't toxic or you know, maybe your partner cheated on you or maybe it was abusive. But that learning to trust again can be quite daunting for a lot of people so what's your advice on how to learn to to trust again yeah it, it, it's not easy and i think it is delicate especially when we've been hurt especially when we have invested so much into another person invested so much of ourselves into a relationship given so much and if you're in that place i feel you it's painful it's, it's, it's such a vulnerable thing to give yourself. It's such a beautiful thing to give yourself. It's just sometimes we give ourselves to people that aren't able to return that, or we give ourselves to people that don't have the capacity to honor it, to respect it, to give it back. And so it's never about the other person. So I think one of the keys is that we, when we have the space now, we turn it inward and say, okay, what is this showing me about myself? What is this reflecting to me about myself? When we take the focus off of the other person, when we look within, we begin to bridge the connection with our own selves. And so to me, the relationship is always a relationship with ourselves. The foundation of any relationship is that relationship with yourself. So it's not just about how do I trust someone else? Because ultimately you have no control over what someone does, even the best person. And, and I hope we all meet amazing people that are trustable. But I would really say the foundation is, can I trust myself? Can I trust myself to listen to my intuition? Can I trust myself to honor my feelings? Can I trust myself to listen to my guidance? Can I trust myself to listen to that inner nudging and knowing that is speaking to me? Because in so many ways, 
if we look at our relationships where maybe we've been betrayed, and this isn't always the case, where maybe we've been betrayed, maybe we've been cheated on, maybe we've been hurt on, there was probably possibly moments, I know there have been times for me in challenged relationships in the past, there are probably moments where we may have felt a little intuition that said, red flag, pay attention, mm, something's a little off here, mm, I don't like this, but in so many ways, we deny that feeling. We betray ourselves. We, 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 we rationalize and, ex and make excuses. Mm, they, they have potential. They're going through a hard time. You know, come on, don't be so judgmental. And so we have to look at not how simply is how someone else betraying us, but we have to look at how am I betraying myself? Where do I not honor my intuition, honor my knowing, honor myself, judging myself? And I think the more we can begin to truly, we develop self-trust by beginning to honor what we really feel rather than constantly second guessing and questioning and judging and rationalizing and doubting ourselves. When we do that, then we end up in situations that often aren't healthy because deep down, usually we know. For instance, I'll give you an example. I had a client, an old client many years ago, uh, when I first started coaching, she came to me in tears, heartbreak, grieving, crying, like, I mean, like bawling for, for, she said she'd been bawling for days. She just found out that the love of her life, or what she thought was the love of her life, of seven years, <clears throat> broke up with her. And she was crying, and she was mad, uh, just tears. I could barely hear her. Her eyes were, you know, puffy and, and full of water. And she said, I can't believe what he did to me. I can't believe this happened to me. Why did God let this happen to me? I gave so much. I gave so much to this relationship. And I said, so what happened? And she said, well, well he didn't cheat, but, but he finally came out and told me he's gay. Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as the Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one -one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. And she said, I can't believe what he did to me. I can't believe this happened to me. Why did God let this happen to me? I gave so much. I gave so much to this relationship. And I said, so what happened? And she said, well, well he didn't cheat, but, but he finally came out and told me he's gay. And I said, well, I mean, isn't, you know, there's not much you can do about that. He is what he is. And on some level, acknowledge him for the courage, to be honest. I know it's challenging. And she was devastated devastated. She was angry and angry and resentful at him. And finally, she just kept going and she just kept going. And, and I looked to her and I said, after like an hour, I said, uh, did you have an idea? 
and she just stopped cold. And she said, well, the truth is when I first met this man seven years ago, him and his friends, they walked into my store where she was working. And she said, the first thing she saw him before she said, hello, it just came out of her mouth. She said, I think it was one of the first few things she said to this guy. The first thing she said to him was, are you gay? The first thing when she first met him, he said, no. And then they started dating and then they got married. And then seven years later, so on some level, she knew she had an inkling. And I think in so many ways as human beings, it's a part of us deep down that knows everything. We're in tune, but we've been conditioned to doubt it, conditioned to deny it. And so really trust your intuition, honor your truth, honor yourself, live that, because that is how we cultivate self-trust. And when we listen to it a little bit and honor it, our self-trust grows. When we listen to that a little bit more and honor that, our self-trust grows. And that might mean sometimes you have to say no to people in order to say yes to yourself. So each time you listen to yourself and you honor yourself, your trust grows, your trust grows, your trust grows. Then you feel the trust within yourself to make the right choices when it comes to relationships. Someone shows up that looks shiny, that looks good, but because you have that internal self-trust, you're like, mm, listen to that small nudging that says mm, something's off. Listen to that. Your intuition is speaking to you because when you build that self-trust, when you feel that subtle, mm, something's off, you will listen, you will honor, and you will end up avoiding so many unnecessary uh, issues, problems, heartbreaks, and situations. So I think that's how we develop self-trust little by little. Such good advice, Kate. I mean, you know, trusting yourself is is so important again, and, and it gets around having to give your trust away to somebody else. I think that's really, really helpful advice. A, a lot of my listeners also find it quite challenging to let go of their ex, mm. even if they've been pretty horrible. I mean, sometimes the stories that yeah. I hear, and I'm sure you do, uh, you know, they've had a really tough time with their ex, but still they are, you know, caught up in that. There's there's a lot of heartache, heartbreak as well. What I know in your book, The Magic of Surrender, you talk a lot about, you know, moving on and letting go. Tell me a little bit about that, because I think that would be very useful. Yeah, I think it can be so hard, especially when you invest so much into love. You have these visions, you have a fantasy of the future, you invest so much into building something. And then your physiology, your biology, your emotion, your nervous system gets fused and wide and, and basically in a, in a sense of attached with a person, it can be really difficult to unravel that attachment, even when you know it's good. Also, look, from, 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 from childhood, every single thing that happens to us is stored in our nervous system. The nervous system is the antenna that interprets reality in the world. Information comes in, it gets filtered through our nervous system. And as a result, through the state of our nervous system, we are functioning and making meaning and determining what reality means based on the state of our nervous system. So that means from childhood too, uh, if dad wasn't around or dad was mean, we begin to, to, to take on an imprint in our nervous system that love is painful. Love is mean. Love, love is unavailable, right? If mom is, 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 is crazy or dad's an alcoholic, and we begin to, to sort of get the sense of love and the imprint connected in our nervous system, 
that then we end up going into relationships and unconsciously we tend to gravitate and seek out experiences, people, situations that fit that resonance imprint blueprint in our nervous system. So often letting go can be so hard because we get so attached in a certain sense we get so attached because that connection with another person can feel so familiar, so connected because it feels like how it did. And so if it can feel like letting go, not just of that person, but letting go of our parents, letting go of how love is wired inside of our body from childhood. And so uh, we have to just acknowledge that it's hard. That's number one. And, and, and let it be okay that it's hard, not judge oneself because sometimes we can judge ourselves so harshly as to why am I not letting go? I should be letting go quicker. Just take the judgment off. Take the judgment off. It's difficult. It's hard. It's okay. And give yourself some grace. Give yourself some ease and compassion and some loving and some understanding. That, that will make it less hard, I think, because I think we're so busy judging ourselves that we keep ourselves stuck even more. The second thing is sometimes we, when we let go, it's so important to let yourself grieve. You cannot truly let go of a relationship unless you let yourself grieve. And that is part of surrender. Sometimes we don't allow ourselves. Sometimes we find it difficult to let go, even though intellectually we want to, because we haven't let ourselves grieve. We don't let ourselves grieve. And sometimes we don't let ourselves grieve because number one is too painful. Number two, there's a fear that it will last forever. Number three, we fear we won't be able to handle it. Number four, we sometimes unconsciously feel if I let myself grieve, then I have to acknowledge the pain and I have to really acknowledge that the relationship is over. So unconsciously as a way to not acknowledge that the relationship is over, we avoid the grief. And that through avoiding the grief, because if I don't really grieve that it's over, maybe it's not really over, right? We're, it's a kind of unconscious denial. If I don't really acknowledge that someone has died and I don't feel the grief, maybe they're not really dead. And so we deny it. But in doing so, we keep ourselves stuck even, even more. And what tends to happen then is we carry the pain and the hurt and the sadness of a relationship that's ended. We don't fully grieve it. We don't deal with it. We don't let go. Then we meet someone else. Then we jump into a relationship with someone else. And 50, 40, 30, however many percent of our heart is still in the past, not really available. Now we're in a new relationship and we only have 50% of our heart's capacity available to loving and we wonder why it stops start. Then maybe that relationship ends because we're not fully available and we don't grieve that. Now we've got 30% not available, 30% not available. Then we jump into another relationship. Now we only have 20, 30% of our hearts available and the cycle continues. So grieving is a key to letting go. The only, the quickest way through a relationship ending, the quickest way to let go, the quickest way through is through. And it's the feeling. Whenever I have broken up in the past, it's been painful. It's going to be painful. It doesn't need to be suffering. It's only suffering if you resist it. It will be painful. But the quickest way to let go of someone, if you're truly serious and want to let go, is to feel the pain, to consciously feel the pain and the grieving. Grieving will happen in stages. Grieving will not last forever. Grieving will happen in waves. There might be one wave of grief, and then there's some space. And there's another wave of grief, and then there's some space. And so there's layers of grief that we often need to feel in order to let go. So letting go happens in layers, not all at once. Sometimes we have this feeling of, well, I felt the grief, and now I still feel the heartbreak. And, and, and what, what's wrong? Because it's, it's in layers. So maybe you're 
you'll, you'll cry, you'll grieve, you'll feel a little sad, and then there'll be some openness. And then you'll be fine for two weeks and you think, oh, I'm done. And then a song will come on and then you'll get triggered. And it's like, ah, you're boiling again. Feel the pain. Feel. Now, when I say feel it, it doesn't mean wallowing. It. it doesn't mean feel like a victim. So here's what I think finally will help people feel. Because sometimes I hear people tell me, I'm feeling everything. I'm feeling it, but I still can't let go. The challenge is many times we're not feeling it. We're thinking about the pain. We're thinking about the grief. We're thinking and intellectualizing and analyzing it, not really feeling it. All feelings remain present until fully felt. And I have found that all feelings that you feel fully and completely will tend to dissolve in layers, in layers, like a nine, will tend to dissolve. And so when you feel the grief or the sadness that comes up, when you think of someone, you're thinking of someone, that's thinking of someone, you're thinking of all the memories, that's thinking of someone. Don't focus on the thinking part, get in touch with the feeling. How do you get in touch with the feeling? To truly feel requires that you, I would invite people to let go of the label of the emotion, grief, sadness, because that has so many preconceived connotations. Let go of the, 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 the label and just experience and notice and experience the sensation of the grief, what we're labeling as the grief. Notice the sensation, the grief of the sadness in your body and fully not with your mind, experience that sadness, experience that sensation, experience that grieving in your body, in your experience, without resisting, without trying to get rid of, just experience that experience of the energy of the sensation of that grief. And there will be a lot that starts moving through. There might be tears, there might be bodily movements, there might be an experience, but you're not thinking about it, you're fully experiencing it and it will pass, it will move, it will begin to dissolve. No feeling lasts forever. When you experience your experience as you're experiencing it, that layer will dissolve, a layer of grief will dissolve. And I think that that's, that's a key that we often miss because we're too busy thinking about our feelings, trying to be positive, trying to get rid of those feelings rather than being with them fully and allowing them to move through us. And that's a key to truly grieving. And when you do that, you begin to let go. And you know that you've begun to let go when you're able to either forgive yourself, because that's another part of letting go. And then you're able to, part of letting go is learning, feeling the feeling fully, releasing that, releasing the other person by learning the lesson. Ask yourself, what was the lesson? that this relationship was meant to teach me. Because sometimes the only reason for that relationship was not to stay with that person forever, but maybe that person and that connection, that relationship had a necessary teaching and had something that we needed to integrate and learn from that person, from that situation. So what was the lesson? Extract the lesson. That also helps the letting go. And sometimes the only purpose for that connection and relationship was to learn that thing. If you learn that thing, you have succeeded. And then you can move into forgiving the person and forgiving yourself and then blessing the person and blessing yourself and letting go and then being open. I love that. I think that, you know, not labeling and just really feeling is going to be super powerful. Key. Because, it's everything. Yeah, because it, it, I always sort of describe it a bit as sort of when you face up to the bully in the playground, like you face the emotion that you've probably been running away from a lot of the time because a lot of us are scared to actually fully embrace that, like you said. Yes, yes. Um, 
but once you do it it does dissipate and it starts to move and 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 it doesn't have that control over you so i think it's really powerful advice so for for people who are going to go away and try this i know i know they will <laughs> you know coming out of this the other side and i strongly recommend you give it a go um yeah. then the, i guess the next stage is is kind of a, where i see a lot of my clients is they've let go they're like okay i know i've taken off the rose tinted glasses i don't what? want them back i'm okay but I'm stuck because I, I don't know what the future looks like and I don't know how to get going with that future. You know, it's like I always mm. say it's either like a black cam blank canvas for some people or even a black hole for others. Mm. So what would your advice be for people that are kind of through that grieving process? They have let go, but they're still feeling a little bit stuck about what comes next. What comes next in terms of relationship or? Just life. How do you, okay. how do you move uh, on I, without I, 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 will, I, I would say firstly realize how resilient and strong you are and there was a time how do you move on without them well there was a time when they weren't in your life there was a time that you lived without them you weren't born at the hip together so somehow you lived and you managed before they were in your life realize you are more resilient and you will live and you will manage and go on without them there was a time if you look back in your history where there were other people in your life that you broke up with and you thought i'm never going to find love again i'll never and you did and you met this person and so you'll meet someone and life will move on this is the nature of life trust that you've been through it before you will come through and i believe here's the thing what is meant to be yours will be yours what is not meant to be yours cannot be yours and if you try to make something or someone that is not for you truly your highest, it just because you're with them doesn't mean it's going to be aligned, doesn't mean you're going to be happy. So, so on some level, I'm saying you cannot miss your highest destiny. So trust that if that person is no longer in your life, that person has moved on, one thing that can help you move on is just knowing that something better must be uh emerging life is bringing you something better someone better even if you can't see it right now and so why would you want to hold on to something or someone that is not truly the best for you why you know so let go let go trust and be open and trust that the universe will bring you someone even more amazing you might not be able to imagine even more amazing but trust that the universe will bring you someone even more amazing beyond what you can imagine right now. So that's part of the surrender. When you can say that as a prayer, universe, I surrender and I'm open to the highest good. Sometimes we're not able to see the highest good because we just want what we want. But when we're open and available, that's when the magic can happen. So, so surrender is one thing. And also begin, don't wait. Don't wait for something amazing to happen. Don't wait for someone amazing to happen. Just move in the direction of what lights you up. Move in the direction of joy. Cultivate joy in your life. Go in the direction of joy. Cultivate joy. Cultivate bliss. Cultivate fulfillment. Cultivate growth. Cultivate being of service to those around you. So don't wait. Just start loving, loving those around you. And, and, and when you are in a state of loving and serving and giving and moving in direction of joy, your heart is open. When you give, your heart is open. When your heart is open, you're also available to receiving love. And what you will often find is when your heart is open, you're incredibly attractive. When your heart is open, you're incredibly sexy. When your heart is open, you're incred incredibly radiant and magnetic. 
And likely there'll be people around you that will see your heart open, loving, giving, joyous, fulfilled in your life. They'll be like, oh, that person looks interesting. You know, they'll, they'll be magnetized towards you. People aren't usually attracted to, oh, that person is in the corner, miserable, waiting for, some, waiting for someone to show up to make their life okay. Typically, people aren't waiting for that. And so move in the direction of your joy, move in the direction of what lights you up, create and cultivate love and inspiration in your life, a life that is fulfilled without anyone fulfilled on your own then when you meet someone the other person just becomes a an overflow an abundant overflow of your own loving that is manifest in the form of the other person so just start being of service being a contribution being loving moving in the direction of living your purpose and i think that's where that's that's when you're doing that love and life will tend to find you you know, when you're just living in, in, in the zone of living your life in love, love will find you. The, the right person will find you as you're living your joy. And most of it, you can't plan. You're not going to sit there and go, oh, I'm going to meet the love of my life on, 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 on May the 5th. And they're going to walk into like the coffee shop and you can't manufacture it. It happens in the process of living life itself when you're not attached, when you're not waiting, when you're loving fully. I love it. I love your passion. I love your energy. And I think you're spot on. I think, you know, when you are feeling stuck, you know, and you're worried about, you know, how do I move forward? Or you just don't know. Actually helping others is actually something that, because it feels selfless, but actually we all know that when you help somebody and they smile back, that gives us almost so much more than we're giving in a lot of ways. So that contribution is a, is a great way if you're listening to this and you're thinking, gosh, how do I get going? Because I want to, I just don't know how. Then maybe looking to, to help others and contribute in some way that that will help and, and get you going. I think that's fabulous advice. So, Coop, tell us a bit about your book, um, because I really want to know about that. And I know you're running an event as well. So tell us a little bit about what you're up to. Uh, yeah, the, the, the book, The Magic of Surrender, came out uh, a few months ago, but the paperback is coming out now. Uh, on May the 3rd, which I'm really excited about, The Magic of Surrender, Finding the Courage to Let Go. And so I think in so many ways as a culture, we have this idea that surrender is weak, that surrender is passive, that if you surrender, you won't manifest your goals, your dreams, your desires. Uh, You're going to be a victim. You're going to be a doormat. You're going to be left behind. You're going to get less. And I'm actually proposing a new paradigm, a possibility of thinking to say, if you surrender, what if you got more? And that truly surrendering, I think, is the most powerful thing we can do. Surrender is the password, the key to freedom. If you look at the great ones, Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Oprah, Elon Musk, even at some point, they all had to surrender to life, a vision that was bigger than themselves. And that's what, uh, that's when they tapped into and open to magic. When I say magic, magic is that which is beyond what we could imagine with our conscious mind. And so the magic of surrender is, is really about helping people live surrender in their lives. And so uh, the paperback is coming out May the 7th, uh, Saturday. I'm doing a very special event uh, that's going to help people live surrender in their life. It's called, the, the event is called Reinvent Life. It's all about helping people reinvent themselves, reinvent their lives, reconnect to their truth, their authentic nature, and live their purpose. So May the 7th, Saturday, reinvent life, three hours live with me, deep diving. And so when people uh, purchase the paperback version of the book, uh, they get to come to this reinvent seminar 
as part of that participation. And they can just go to the website, uh, www.cooplexon.com forward slash reinvent seminar, cooplexon.com forward slash reinvent seminar. Is that an online event so people can join? It's online, anywhere? yeah, it's online. People can tune in from anywhere. I think it starts at 9 a.m. Pacific time on Saturday, May the 7th. And we're going to dive deep. It's going to be amazing. Oh, I think that sounds perfect. So when you buy the book, you get a ticket to go to that. That sounds exactly. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. And um, where else can people find you? You've got your website, coopblackson.com. Yeah. Where else can people find you? I know you're all over Yeah, follow me on Instagram. Say hi on Instagram. Also on Facebook, uh, Coop Love Now. Uh, send me a message. My, my podcast, Soul Talk, YouTube. I'm, I'm everywhere. You are indeed. You are indeed. Well, I have one last question for you, Coop, sure. that I ask all my guests. So my podcast is called Heartbreak to Happiness. And I think it's really important to know what happiness is for you individually so you can tap into it along the way. So what is happiness for you, Coot? Wow. It's a deep question, actually. It sounds simple, right? But it's really... Mm. Um, you know, I think, for, I think it's changed for me. I think now happiness is in each moment... Honestly, it's just in, it, it's being where I am fully in each moment and enjoying the beauty of each moment more and more, whatever I'm doing, whatever I'm doing. You know, it used to be this or that because I know if I'm enjoying the moment and I'm fully present in the moment and I'm being present in the moment fully, things will come from that. Life will unfold from that. Productivity will come from that. So I think happiness, we tend to think happiness is dependent on this happening and that happening happiness is just being where wherever i'm at fully and enjoying it fully because ultimately the moment is all we have right that's it we only have this moment right now great advice wonderful words and you've been yet again a fabulous guest thank you so much Coop, for joining me thanks for having me appreciate it that's it for today's episode be sure to head on over and check out Coop's event and his book on www.coopbaxton.com and I look forward to you joining me on my next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sara's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sara herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com where you can also get a copy of Sarah's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.